Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend and coach and leadership guru and all around good guy, John Opaluski. How are you doing today, John? Jim, I'm good. Uh, it's good to be with you as always. Right on. So I want to get right into this today because, I, again, sometimes we talk about stuff it's like, oh, I've been through that. This is this is one of those where I go, hey, I, I'm going through this in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of, of thinking transitionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm in the process of helping others through transitions as yeah. my generation, our generation, uh, you know, starts to see another generation that has a head full of steam. It's kind of time for us sometimes to step aside or, or in some cases in, in churches where it's just things have gotten so hard, people are leaving, they need to leave them well. So introduce yeah. to us the topic for episode 120. Yeah, the title is called Passing the Baton. And uh, Jim, the most important decision a church or any organization for that matter will ever make is who they choose as their senior leader. Absolutely true. Yeah. And I think the most vulnerable time in an organization's life is when they're transitioning away from a, a, its current leader and searching for its next one. Yeah. So much is at stake, Jim. Yeah. There's momentum, mm-hmm. money, credibility, people, community influence, you, you name it. Yeah. Listen, if you have a flawless handing off of the baton in the church world, it will still result in at least 10% attrition yeah. uh, of your congregation. You know, some people see the transition of the senior leader as their off ramp yeah. to, to go elsewhere. It's normal. It happens. But if you do this perfectly, there still will be a 10% attrition rate. And that's not 10% is not the end of the world. But listen, a flawed handling of transition can result in a 40 to 50% exodus of people, yeah, a 50% loss of income, an incalculable loss of influence in the community you serve, and really a deep, I want to say this right, Jim, distrust. I was going to say trust, exactly what I was going to say. A trust has been broken yeah. uh, uh, of leadership, credibility, yeah. and the level of loss when the transition is handled poorly is often catastrophic to an organization, and they never recover. And not only does the organization never recover, some people get lost in the shuffle yeah. and never return to church. Yeah. So the stakes, Jim, the stakes are off the charts when it comes to handing off the leadership baton. And unfortunately, the vast majority of churches drop the baton. Mm -hmm. Their process, if they even have one, is deeply flawed. It, it, it almost, it depends almost exclusively on intuition Mm. and lacks objectivity. Another way to say intuition can be feelings. Yes. I mean, just, just to expose the vulnerability of that being your strategy we're going to we're going to make a huge decision based on our feelings. Yeah. That, that's a terrible idea. And Jim it happens so much. Yeah. And 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 I and I believe this that it's easier to move intuitively when you have accurate and objective data. Yes. Yeah. So we've seen this movie so many times I know you've seen it. It's deeply frustrating to me 
because it is entirely avoidable. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like us to answer this basic question. How can a church, or even if you're a business leader today listening to this, how can you do a better job when it comes to senior leadership transition? Yeah. Um, let me, I think we're going to, I've got seven things here, but we're going to have to really kind of race through these real quick, yeah. Jim. Here's the first one. Get outside help. Absolutely. Can I shout? I wish I could shout that. <laughs> get outside help. Yeah. These kinds of organizational decisions are so critical, Jim. It's foolish to go it alone. Yeah. Secure an outside, objective, trusted voice who will walk, walk alongside of you throughout the entire process. Yeah. If you're a, a board member today listening to this, uh, reject that temptation to be cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You think about you think about a church who, who stands to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars annually because of a poor decision based on, hey, I didn't want to spend a few thousand dollars or however many thousand to make sure or ensure that we minimize our risk when it comes to making this decision. Um, here's what we've noticed, that um, some search committees uh, feel like they can handle it on their own. They they give way to hubris. You know, like I've you know, I've heard board members say this, I've hired in the business world for 20 years. And I say, yeah, you know what, there is some overlap between the way you hire in business and the way you hire in a church setting. But there are some huge differences. And, yeah. and I, I fear that you're going to miss some things if you don't have somebody uh, who has no horse in the race. Yeah. To say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Uh, what do you think about this first one real quick, Jim, getting Absolutely. outside help? Again, the, the employer says, I've hired dozens of people. That's great. You hired employees. You're hiring mm. a pastor. You're, have you ever hired your boss? Mm. Have you ever hired your father? Have you ever hired your teacher? No. So good. The, it's, a, it's the same, only it's completely different. <laughs> they're, they're, like you say, some of the principles, some of the rules, some of the qualifications, but it, you, you, you are not likely to take the business paradigm and hire the right pastor. Because yep. you're not asking the the exact same questions, and the ones that are different are significantly different. Yes, they are. In a place where it's good to have an outside person that doesn't doesn't know anybody's family ties, doesn't know any tradition, just knows right, wrong, has experience, yes. the Bible, you know. So I, I agree 100. Get out. That's it. That is the one that should be number one on that list of seven things. 100. percent Search committees who who go it alone almost always lose their way somewhere along the line, Jim. Yes. And, and so. Please yeah. don't make that mistake. Here's the second uh, pointer, and that is to create a search committee that is representative of your church's demographic. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that just makes sense, right? In in most churches that we're, you know, and we're, we're working with 15 de uh, different denominations now, Jim, which is really a lot of fun. Uh, it, but in most denominations, in most churches, the board of deacons serves as a search committee. And so we advise churches to expand that committee yeah. to reflect its current demographic. Yeah. If you're, if you're a multi-ethnic church, make sure the search team reflects that. Yeah. If you're a multi-generational church, make sure your committee reflects that. Yeah. The, the team should have both men and women on it. So yep. it's just, this is just like basic bread and butter stuff. But if the, if the search committee 
is not representative of the demographic of the culture of the church, then I think you're going to set yourself up or you increase your risk of making a hire that's not a good fit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, that you're not trying to make everybody happy. So everybody that's on that's correct. Understand, we're looking to hit a bullseye that will that will be that's the correct. center of all of us. Not I want to I'm a young family person, so we can only hire 25 year olds if you're a senior pastor. Exactly. That's not the purpose. And they have to understand that in that committee, they didn't know the rules by, by which they're Great operating. Point. The questions we're all asking and, and what's the answers that we went all agree yeah. on. Well, I think what we really are trying to accomplish there, Jim, is we want to hear from a variety of, of viewpoints, right? Yeah. I, I, John Maxwell said this, none of us is as smart as all of us. Yeah, great, great scene. Yeah. And I think that that's part of what the spirit behind that. Here's the third one, get in touch with your organization's culture. Mm-hmm. You know, ask yourself some good questions like, what are we like? Here, here's what a good consultant will ask you. What are you like when you're at your best? Yeah. What behaviors represent hills you will die on huge that you will not compromise on yeah uh, and and again an outside and objective entity can help you discover the answers to these most important questions because the cultural fit matters so much mm-hmm. it, it's you know you can have a wonderful pastor he's a great preacher he loves jesus he loves people but if he is if he is not fit well with your culture i mean you're asking for trouble you're asking for fireworks yeah, um, unnecessary fireworks yeah uh, yes a hundred percent so get in touch with the organization's culture number four create a candidate profile yeah you know what and, and here it's all about questions like what are the non-negotiable character and leadership traits the next leader must have yeah you know what are some nice to haves now, that profile can't have 50 non-negotiables. <laughs> right. I think you're trying to hire Jesus at that point, right? If, <laughs> you know, five to seven is probably a more reasonable number, but work hard to create this, this profile and don't settle for anything less than all the boxes being checked off. Right, keep looking. You know, I think some, some search committees get weary, and I understand it's, it's, it's tough. You know, this is tough work and they get tired. Um, and, and they think, ah, you know what? I know that we wanted, these were non-negotiables, but you know, he's got five out of seven. I would say if it's a non-negotiable, those boxes must be checked. Uh, learn the skill of how to interview around that profile. You know, we can teach you how to do that if you don't know how to do that. Jim, what do you think about that fourth one? Yeah, I, I think in this profile, be careful because, Again, back to the corporate setting. Well, they need to have this sort of a degree. They need to have this sort of experience, this sort of credential. I, I understand that there's something good, but you, you, you recognize that you wouldn't hire the Apostle Paul then because he did time in jail. He wasn't married, you know, had mm-hmm. never raised children that we're aware of. Scripturally, there's no record of him doing those <laughs> things. Um, he has a bad past in legalism. He, you know, he doesn't have a great reputation in Philippi, things like that. So be careful and when you create your dream list to remember what, what you believe God wants to do in this congregation in, in yes. this community. So right. a leader lead that is more important than what we want pedigree or we want, you know, we want to be well-connected on social media. I, there's, there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with degrees. And, but, but remember, you're looking for someone to lead you into what you know God has called this church to do. There you go. Every church has a specific mission. Therefore, every church needs a specific leader to lead in that mission. So if you hire an academic in an outreach church, his academia better lead him to action. 
if you're an outreach church, but you're, you're not making any disciples, your outreach guy better, better know yeah. how to disciple them. And, and to have that balance is important. Yeah. Uh, so appreciate that, that, that point of view. And it's really, you know, and so I think the profile isn't about pedigree yeah. as, yeah. A, as it is more about character and it is about skill set. Yeah. Uh, do they have the, the character, the skill set to, to yeah. be a good fit? Here's the fifth one. We got uh, five, six, and seven. So let's do this fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, number five, harness the power of your intercessors. Yeah. You know, if handing off the baton is the most important decision your church will ever make, the entire church needs to understand the seriousness of the matter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, call the church to pray and fast. Hold, hold public prayer gatherings. I think we can, I think we can still do those now. I know that uh, some of that's been tough the last couple of years, but hold public prayer gatherings centered around the transition. Yeah. Uh, this is serious business. And, and I, and I, I don't know that the average lay person, and I don't mean this to be demeaning in any way, shape or form. And if you take it that way, I, I apologize in advance. But I don't know that we're, as a lay person, we're always aware of the seriousness of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. So harness the power of your intercessors. Number six, communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your congregation apprised of the progress. Um, you know, we're, and some of this is for boards, right? Because the, you know, the, the exiting pastor at this point is probably onto something else, right? So who's ever the uh, director, the lead of that search committee, man, you have to communicate on a regular basis where there's yeah. a, a, a vacuum of information. People's imaginations run wild. Always crazy. Right. But that's true. That's absolutely it, true. It happens. So make plenty of space. I would say this, not only is the communication from the search committee to the congregation, but I believe that that there needs to be communication from a candidate that a, a search committee is seriously considering mm -hmm. between that candidate and as many people as is reasonable right. at the church. They should have some sort of conversation with that candidate long before the vote ever happens. Yeah. But what I see happening in some churches is, is people are introduced to the candidate on Sunday morning and on Sunday evening they're voting. <laughs> That's what they did with me. I got a problem with that, Jim. Now they got it right with you, yeah. but uh, uh, ninety-eight other times they're going to get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Again, communication, and then number seven. Uh, listen, be patient with this process of handing off the baton. Most senior leadership transitions in a church take about six to nine months to complete. Larger churches, and I, I would consider maybe let's say five hundred or more. Yeah. Uh, usually take even longer, but it's better to have an empty seat than it is a seat filled by the wrong leader. That is so true. Yeah. So hard. And you and I have seen it where we used to call it the guy after the guy. So there's a, there's a leader, a man or a woman that's been there for a season, done yep. well, and now, now they're gone. The person that comes in after them, the guy after the guy, usually it's a disaster. I mean, the more times I'd like to admit it's a disaster. And then the guy after the guy after the guy picks up the pieces. Expectations have been lowered. You know, disgruntled people are gone. And we just want a leader. That guy gets to come in and lead. And that's, I think it's because that thing, like they come in on Sunday morning, but to vote on Sunday night. 
Yep. We don't we don't know them. We're not we're not even done mourning the last leader. He was only gone two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and this guy's related to the deacon's brother-in-law. And it, it just can get so silly so fast. It's yep. it, it's a difficult process, John, and it's an important process as you expressed. And and I I think we do have something to announce today yep. that we we are going to be launching into this to help congregations through this very important time. Yep. And so we. Uh... We have uh, uh, concocted, not concocted, that's a bad word. Uh, <laughs> we, we've developed, I like that word better. We've developed a, a system, a process to help churches uh, re minimize their risk uh, and increase their chances of making a good hire. Um, and not just for senior leadership, but also for staff leadership as well, staff pastors. And um, it's a, it's a data-driven, assessment-based process it, that is customized, Jim. It's not one size fits all. It will be customized to a church. Right. So we'll spend time interviewing, learning the culture of the church, and then we build this beautiful, uh, objective, wonderful process that right. will spit out at the end of it a score. Mm -hmm. you'll have a number and then you take that number to the, you know, to prayer, you take that number to the Lord. And, you know, so if, if you're, <clears throat> if the perfect score is a hundred and you've got a, a candidate that comes through that process that we devise and they've got a 95, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, they got a 95. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good chance. We're onto something here. Right. A candidate comes through that process and they're at a 70. I've got some flags, right? We we have to work our way through this. This is all about risk uh, mitigation. Yes. Um, you you are you are in the middle of the most important decision your congregation will ever make, yeah. and and there's a responsibility to the Lord, and there's a responsibility to the people of that congregation, and Jim, there's a responsibility to the next person coming in. Yeah to make sure that we have a, a process that has integrity. So we've put to get this together. It's a marvelous, marvelous tool. And uh, we're so excited to be able to offer this to churches because we care about this so much. It breaks our heart to see a church that has been uh, flourishing, uh, effective in the community, Jim. And because of a flawed process of transition, lose all of that. It's, it's very sad. It's very, uh, it's very frustrating to us, and we want to do something about that. So, yeah, that's in a nutshell. That's what it is, Jim. What I love about this is, you know, if you've ever candidated for a church, you know that it's kind of a combination between a, a spelling bee, uh, a presidential debate, and a beauty contest. Yeah. And 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 you will consciously or unconsciously kind of begin to answer questions the way you think somebody might want to hear them. And the nice thing about this is it you don't know what the right answer is when we ask it that mm -hmm. when, when the candidate is asked the question they answer it from their heart not from feeling out a room That's and right. so like you're saying an objective piece of data is a very useful thing when it comes time to make that decision because someone who interviews well may not be the right candidate for the to pastor That's and right. someone who doesn't interview well doesn't mean they're not the right person so it's a it's an extraordinary and valuable tool in such a such a crucial moment we would never consider you know, um, buying a, a car without looking at data, without taking a test drive, without talking to salespeople and comparing it to other products. It's, it's, so this is far more valuable than that, John. I'm, I'm excited about this. I know Converge 
it's one of the things we've been kind of looking forward to letting go uh, in this year. So God bless you. If we want to know more about that, how would we get started in that process? What would we do? Sure. Very simple. Go to convergecoach.com. We have a, uh, at the top navigation bar, there's this link that says contact us. You fill out this form and then that uh, initiates a conversation with us. And we'll explain to you in more detail what the process looks like, what the investment would be on your part uh, to accomplish that. But um, yeah, and, and as always, if you call us, there's no obligation to us. We'll spend some time just getting to know what's going on and seeing if we can be helpful to you. But Jim, I don't know if I've been more passionate about something yeah. in a long time. This, uh, I just believe the church has to do better. And I want you and I want myself and others on our team to do something about it getting better. Right on. Well, we look forward to using that ourselves at the church that I lead as we, yeah, I'm not landing the plane, but I can feel my ears, my ears are starting to pop. I, I know that the altitude is descending and we are looking yeah. for this very sort of leadership to help us through it. So John, thank you for continuing to be a coach, continue to be a pastor and friend to me and to, to those that are listening and watching today. God bless you. And, and uh, again, guys, that's what we're here for. That's what Converge does. And um, I, I, I guess I will say, as both a, a consumer of the product and a giver of the product, I, I think we do it well. I think that it's worthy of a look. And so we look forward to speaking with you again. We're praying for you as you continue to lead from alignment.